As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is presented in part by the Great American Bracket Race and All-State Challenge. Coming off of a big Memorial Day event, Galen and Britt will be promoting the 10th annual Moser Great American Bracket Race and All-State Challenge this September. Stay tuned for more information. In addition, today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're an open-minded racer with a desire to improve on the track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite can provide the tools to help you do so. And it's all that we know. This week on What Everyone is Talking About. Big Jid, I think what everybody's talking about is what we're still trying to digest after a long (laughs) weekend of huge events across the sportsman drag racing landscape. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, Luke. Everyone is talking about some awesome performances and some great races. (laughs) Yeah, great races coast to coast and... Some people really stepped up, which we'll be talking about here shortly, but everyone is talking about what we're going to be talking about for the next hour plus. Yeah, for this, we're going to lead the show off with the Seabrook performance, Who's Hot, and there's no less than half a dozen legitimate candidates that would win that distinction any other week of the year, but we have to pick one. And I think if we're going to pick one, this is why we're leading with this. It, it is what everyone in the bracket racing community seems to be talking about. I think we can, as impressive as some of these performances were, all of these performances were, there's one that just stands out above the rest. And that is going to be this week's Seber performance. Who's hot? He's on fire. It's time for who's hot in sportsman drag racing. Seber performance. Who's hot? Seabrook Performance specializes in performance engine building for every aspect of sportsman drag racing. Bracket racing, NHRA sportsman categories, heads-up categories, nitrous, turbo, and blower. 
Learn more at SiebertPerformance.com or find them on Facebook. Luke, we just talked about it. Lots of great performances coast to coast, but this guy just, man, he stood out. He's done it. He's uh, gotten the big check before in one of these events against a very tough field and doing it in a very tough way. But Kevin Pollard has struck again. Yeah, we'll get to it as as we go through the results from the week. And there were a lot of standout performances. And there were a few racers that won multiple events for big bucks. But I just, how do you put anybody in front of what Kevin Pollard accomplished? Even though he didn't end up winning a race this weekend, this might be, I thought when he won the 50 grander last year, was that at Piedmont? Yeah, foot breaking his way through like that was arguably the most impressive performance of 2017. This has to be the most impressive performance 2018 to date. For those that uh, have no idea what we're talking about, a get out from under the rock that you're living under. But Jed, bring him <laughs> up to speed and tell us what Kevin Pollard did Friday and Saturday in Martin, Michigan. All right, so Kevin Pollard, and I don't want to make this story too long, but obviously he was putting on the Triple Twenties uh, footbreak event in Virginia. We talked about it last week. He had to cancel that because uh, weather was just, the, the forecast just was not going to work. So canceled the event, teamed up with uh, Seth Phillips, got on the Alabama Stacker, and rode to Michigan, where the SFG event allows you to have an entry in the bottom bulb and you race till there's one bottom bulber left. Then you come together with the other door cars and compete there. So Kevin enters one entry in the Super Pro door car side where he's hitting the bottom against the lay box uh, cars and he entered one on the, the no box side. So he goes all the way to the final round with one entry. I'm not sure which entry it came from, but I'm pretty sure Friday was the no box side. Got that all the way to the final of the main event. Runners up a 50 grander. So this is a guy foot breaking his way to a $50,000 runner up, which is pretty darn special. As you said, he's already got a actually turned into a 55K win with the $5,000 bottom ball bonus at Piedmont last year. So he gets him a $50,000 runner up on friday saturday's 125 grander he is still with one entry in the super pro side again foot breaking not just hitting the bottom but foot breaking he's got one entry in the no box side foot breaking he takes both of those to the last racer standing in each category and pairs himself at four as the winner of super pro door car and the winner of no box takes his entry to the final for 125k and goes fourth out red to runner up the 125k foot breaking so So. if you're keeping score at home this is one man in one love truck swapping feet that runnered up a fifty thousand dollar race on friday and then ran himself in what is equates to be the semi-final round had two entries, the last two door car entries left, ran himself to advance to the final of a $125,000 race <laughs> on Saturday. 
This to me, Jed, and keep in mind, I don't know Kevin that well. Like I've watched in awe, like most of the country, these performances. And, and I mean, it's not like this is the first time he's won. He's been very, very successful in the bottom bulb for a long time. And I don't mean this in any kind of disparaging way because for what he's running, like it's not like Kevin's got junk by any means. He goes 520s, right? In this love truck? Yeah, 20s, okay. 30s. But this is, like you said, they hauled on a, on a two-car open trailer. This is a foot brake racer in a foot brake car. Like this is the beauty of the SFG races. This is the beauty of this day and age of bracket racing, because at least in my mind, like Kevin Pollard is the every man. And I don't know the details of the split and how all of that shook down, but I don't think it's hyperbole to say that he walked out of US 131 in Martin, Michigan with well over $70,000 on the weekend. Like that's, pay off your house kind of money for most of us like that's <laughs> unbelievable uh, that's it's just awesome it is uh, amazing really when you think about it kevin is a, a guy that'll go race a little country outlaw track for um, you know 1200 to win when he's not running around doing these things he just loves to go race and he races hard and his little love trucks mean and he paid off big time for his decision to travel to michigan with seth phillips this past weekend couldn't be happier for him uh know kevin pretty well very humble guy somebody sent me a message said you got to have kevin on the podcast man this is something don't happen i know kevin way too well didn't bother asking uh he would not come on the podcast and talk much about his weekend he's uh, just a really humble racer and just had really a dream weekend no pun intended considering uh, the name of the event that we raced at this weekend but truly special weekend and i know kevin is very apt to do it again the next time around so i wouldn't be surprised if if we don't see a performance like this out of him again next time one of those events comes around yeah just unbelievable and i don't have any of the round by round in front of me but just keeping up with it what i could throughout the weekend like he didn't back into any of this like mark had told us a little bit off air that he had a string of like six consecutive rounds where he's no worse than 12 and dialing <laughs> up rolling people through one round depending on the truck the next like super situational like just stellar unreal and just to be able to do this now on this huge stage on three different occasions the win last year the two runner ups this weekend plus the running himself to make the final like this is no fluke this is unreal this is hall of fame storybook stuff it's really really impressive it really is luke can you think about the highs and lows that he experienced during the week uh you know as right. a promoter i hadn't even you, thought of putting all that together until you mentioned that yeah you know as a promoter you you put your heart and soul into an event and trying to make it work and he truly has the best deal for foot brake racers, period, 399 to enter for 320s. And, you know, he was poised to have a, a good event there, but it just didn't work out with the weather. So, you know, that's gut wrenching, especially when you do pre entries. You got to send all that back, and it's a lot of work, and people get upset. Kevin took care of all that, then took off to Michigan. And that's <laughs> what may be the best weekend of his life, especially on the racetrack. So it was highs and lows that week, and uh, very proud to see. Kevin, come out on the good side of it. Great job, KP. All right, well, let's stop our gas bagging. Let's stop our Kevin Pollard is the LeBron James of drag racing talk. <laughs> and let's get to what everybody really tuned in for this week, Jed. It's JJ's 
Top 10. It's that time again with the little golden voice of drag racing, JJ Oh, he dropped it like it's hot. It's high. time for JJ's Top That's 10. It's time for JJ. I'm the sharp object. Top 10. He's on the top. Seven takes three. Top 10. It's time for JJ. Top 10. It's JJ's Top 10 with JJ Pennington. All right, Luke, just as you talked about, this is uh, obviously a very special segment for me. This is number three from a little guy and uh, very excited to have his third top 10, which actually we expanded on that this week, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But third segment from my main man, J.J. Pennington on the phone with us. J.J., how you doing tonight, bud? Doing good. Mm, that's that's good. You usually well, I didn't ask you what you're doing because you usually tell me nothing much. But you know, I'm glad you're doing good tonight. You recovered from the weekend. We had a long weekend at the racetrack. Yes, sir. You're bringing <laughs> that bringing the energy today, JJ. But uh, <laughs> is it weird because you can hear me talking in the other room and then it don't come through the phone for just a little bit? Is that a little weird for you? Uh- I think I'm starting to go a little Kevin Pollard on y'all. Going <laughs> <laughs> KP. Well, that's that's all right. You need to pep it up a little bit because we're about to talk about something really special. You got your top ten again this week. This is your third segment. Man, obviously everybody knows you're 12 years old, so you don't have the access to race results. You don't have a Facebook page where we typically find a lot of this stuff. So your old dad helps you find some winners and top performers and then I give you the information and you start putting together who you think performed the best based on everything we know. But third version of it, uh, you know, it's uh, this was tough this time around because over the, the last month between the last segment and this one, but we had a lot of great performances to choose from, but I think you put together a really good list and without me as luke would say gas bagging about it some more let's go ahead and talk about it you ready yes sir i'm sure as heck ready <laughs> okay easy there big fella so let's Sorry. talk about let's talk about no you're fine talk about top bulb let's get on your top bulb list how about number five now this is not necessarily in may we tried to get it in the month but we had to go between the last jj's top 10 and this one so who did you have in the number five spot? Tell us a little bit about him. Daniel McClellan fits in the number five spot. He got a 20K victory, and uh, they don't really race for big money like that out there where he lives. And they, he had an opportunity to go race for some big money, and he took advantage of it and came out with a 20K win. Yeah, really good point. Daniel McClellan in, uh, is part of the famous McClellan family, Dave which everybody knows, and Kevin McClellan of KNN, which Luke knows very well. So uh, good to see the McClellan family still out there doing it as a family. And uh, as you said, Daniel from California, those guys don't get to race for that kind of money. Won the 20K shootout at uh, the West Coast Classic. So that was a huge win for him. And uh, given the fact that a lot of people won that kind of money throughout the last month, but that had to be really special on the left coast out there doing that. So great job by Daniel. My understanding of that, too, Big Jed, was that Daniel broke his familiar wagon at some point during the weekend, Mm -hmm. hopped in the roadster, doubled with Dad, and that they were both in, like, the quarterfinal round of one of the 10-granders. 
Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. And then Daniel proceeded to go on and win the $20,000 shootout. So pretty pretty nasty weekend for the McClellan Bunch. Yeah, really strong there. Great job, guys. But who you got in the number four slot? All right. Now, some of you may think you're dreaming when you hear this. But this happened at the Spring Fling in Galat. Bill Groton III comes out here, won a 32-door car shootout. And a car going 740s, a four-door going 740s, shifting it off the column, gets a 10K 32-door car shootout victory and got the world record for most people in the car during the winter circle interview. <laughs> Those of you that was, JJ got to witness this with his own eyes. Obviously, he's 12 years old, so what you see with your own eyes tends to dominate your thought process. Uh, JJ wanted to put BLE in. I thought it was a great idea. As he said, guy was dialed 748 in a four-door Pontiac Tempest, racing 31 other alcohol-breathing, big-tired race cars with great drivers. Bill come out on top of that group with a 10K win, shifting it on the column. Yes, on the column. And takes it to the winner's circle, stopped at the pits on the way back. Picked up, I don't know, 25, 30 people looked like they all piled out of the race car when he got to the winter circle. It was uh, just an awesome thing to witness, not only him doing it on the track, but the winter circle celebration. It was $10,000. We know tons of people won more money than that during the last month, but that was a heck of a performance by Bill Groton III and really something that, that J.J. and I thought was pretty special. So I think it was fitting to get him on the list. J.J.? Oh, and we can't forget that he dialed 748 just about every round and ran it just about every round. Yes, very good point. And uh, he wasn't making time trials either. He was driving. So congratulations, Bill, for making J.J.'s top 10 on the number four spot there, top five, actually, for your class. So, Bud, who you got in the number three slot? Number three, this guy, he had a heck of a performance at the uh, SFG event, getting it done. In the 125K race on Saturday, David Lanning getting it done in the dragster going 460s, I believe, 470s, somewhere in that range, getting the win in the 125K race. And it was just a great performance all around for him. Yeah, anytime you win 125K, it's a, it's a great performance. <laughs> that did land him in the number three spot. So there must have been some pretty cool things happen other than that. But still pretty awesome for david he's a good guy well-known racer and uh, really proud to see him get that 125k victory so who was up a spot from that tell us about number two dalton pearsall gets it in at number two at the spring fling and the lot on the friday strange engineering 50 grand wins his first big check in that race that is that that always makes you feel good, especially when it's your first check. It it feels good when it's one of your checks, but when it's one of your first, when it's your very first check that you win, it's <laughs> it's got to be the best feeling in the world. Yeah, it's pretty good timing. Like I've seen people put the check on the wall of the trailer for like fifty dollars, much less <laughs> fifty thousand dollars. So yeah, good point. Yeah, so you know, you think David Lanning won 125,000 lands in the number three spot, Dalton Pearsall wins 50 lands in the number two spot. How'd that happen? But it really isn't about the amount of money you win, it's about the story that's all around it. And they, him getting his first big check in a 50 grander full of unbelievably talented racers and great cars, 
that was pretty darn special for Dalton. So congratulations to him for landing in the number two spot. But, J.J., that has to mean somebody had a great performance between your last segment and this one. Who in the world topped all that and got in the number one spot this segment? Jeff Sarah gets the number one spot. He won a dragster at Goliath in the dragster shootout and then comes to the SFG event in Michigan and wins and runners-up a 50K in the same weekend at the SFG event. Now, Jeff Sarah has been ultra-hot for several months now, many months, but this last month has been an unbelievable ride for him. And as you mentioned, he runnered up a 50K and won a separate 50K in the same event at the SFG race uh, in Michigan this past weekend. That, on top of him winning already a dragster shootout at the Galat race, which is a, a good month by itself, and then you win a 50 and runner up a 50. So, pretty special performance by Jeff Sarah, and I couldn't agree with you more, bud. That was very deserving and he lands in the number one spot so congratulations jeff sarah not only on his performance but making your list is just icing on the cake (laughs) yeah i'll say a word or two on on jeff if i can steal it from you jj jeff sarah is a guy that those in the know like we've known how talented he is for a long time and it's not like he's new onto the scene like he is he's won at a high level for a decade but obviously nothing like the last month really the last three months he was really deep at reynolds too i was talking about you guys off air in the hunter grander there he got down like six cars and like some kind of fluke i think he put the dial ins in backwards or something and would have been low double o that round might have ended up winning or being in the final of that race as well like he's one of those guys that the results never really matched up to the talent like you've always thought that that was there and obviously he's gotten better and put everything together and when you have a run like this things are just falling into place but this is i I keep using the word this is no fluke i said the same thing about kevin pollard either but there's more of this to come like jeff sarah is establishing himself and has established himself as one of the premier bracket racers in the country both ends of the racetrack he's in good equipment right now with with withrow's car like that it wouldn't shock me if we're talking about him in the months to come I couldn't agree more. Great top five there in the Super Pro category, bud. Really well done by you. And we got at least one more category to go. So let's step over to the bottom bulb category. And uh, let's tell us who you got in the number five spot there. See now, but first I would like to give out a couple of honorable mentions for Super Pro. One of them, their name was Team Random. They won the Dream Team event on the top bulb side at Memphis International Raceway this past weekend. They got it done on Saturday, and it was a team from Alabama, too, so that was pretty good. Well, of course. <laughs> that went without saying, bud, but I'm glad you mentioned it. But Team Random, that was a heck of a performance. Uh, we'll talk more about that event as we get through the show, but a great performance by Team Random, Brody Quick, and his group. And, uh, yeah, deserving of an honorable mention there on the top bulb side. Uh, and this other honorable mention, he had a great weekend at the Spring Fling in Galat. Got the fifth round on Thursday, our first day there. He rode down with us and uh, got the fifth round on his first day. This is his first fling event, I should mention. Gets the fifth round on Thursday. Friday in the 50 grander gets down to nine cars. And then Saturday, 
in the last 20K of the weekend gets to four cars. Dishonorable mention, he was the MVP at the Spring Fling a lot. This goes out to Larry Martin. Oh, Larry Stacker Martin. Yeah, that's a great uh, call out or great shout out to him there. But great point MVP of the event with a heck of a performance and Todd's extreme helmet that he won, the cash. It was a really cool event for somebody that, that we think a lot of, one of my best friends. So I'm glad you put Uncle Larry there on the uh, honorable mention as well. So great job. So now... Are we ready? I think we're ready to move over to the bottom bulb. So tell us who you got in number five spot. Number five, this goes out to the foot break winners for the Dream Team event on Saturday. Team Black Sheep, that was Lucas Walker, Charlie Lockhart, Josh Epperson, Lauren Lockhart, and Slick Rick Bear. There Mm. is no doubt that they are the baddest foot break racers on the planet. Yeah, um, I would not disagree with that. Uh, I think it'd be hard to assemble a team of five that was more loaded than that. I agree. Yeah, a very talented group there, accomplished group. Individually, they might have made the list somewhere by themselves, but as a team, they were unstoppable, dominated the uh, bottom bulb category there at the Dream Team. So congratulations to Team Black Sheep. Maybe the most impressive part about that big jet is that everybody tagged them as the favorite coming in. So like they came in with in the crosshairs of everybody and then ended up holding the check at the end. Like that, I think that's hard to do. Like that, was, that is really hard to do, as you know. And four of the five are from Kentucky, which uh, obviously says Kentucky has the best foot brake racers, and that's kind of no box country. So whoa, whoa, I think that. I know. So, could, say that again, Chad. I know. I know. My, I was. I ended up on a foot brake team, and I was surrounded by good racers. They were not, and <laughs> it was. <laughs> we had an early exit, so I'm going to say right now I'm going to give the Kentucky group, the Kentucky folks, the the foot brake trophy at the moment. They're the I, best in the land. Ooh, I thought that no. broke some kind of SEC bylaw there. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky's in the SEC, so it's okay. No, I know. That's why I say that. <laughs> you know, Luke, you saying that they were basically the favorite going in. They were definitely my pick to win the Dream Team side on uh, the foot break. On foot break, they were definitely my pick to win. I told Lucas Walker during time trials, I said, I, I think your team's going to go all the way and get it done. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good call. <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't like you went out on a limb there. So, you know, okay. Lucas Walker, Epperson, Lockhart's, and Rick Bear's best foot breakers we've ever seen. All right. They're from Kentucky and kind of Ohio slash Tennessee now. So great job, guys. Let's move into number four, bud. And we know Alabama was not the best foot breaker. So let's talk about number four. All right. Number four goes out to Luke Siebert. Got to the semifinals in a 5K during the Dream Team event and then was runner-up in the 10K on Sunday. And this is only his second big-money bracket race that he's been to, and he gets to the semis in a 5K and runners-up in the 10K in his second one. And uh, when you put this information together, Monday's race was not completed. He went to the semis in Monday's 5K yesterday in Memphis. So Luke with a... Unbelievable performance. Uh, you know, as you said, he told me personally it's only the second time he's raced for basically more than 1500 bucks, 
just not a lot of this type of racing where he's from. And then, you know, the opportunity to travel doesn't always present itself because he's busy at work at Seabrook Performance. He did not get on the list here just because he's a sponsor, but he made the list with an excellent performance. Watched him race. Uh, guy's got a lot of ability. And a stage like that that he is not familiar with in his car and to perform against the people that he was racing against as well as he did, very deserving. Congratulations, Luke Siebert for falling in the uh, number four position there. What about number three, big guy? Number three was the victor over Luke Siebert in the 10K on Sunday, Josh Green. Mr. Mean Green himself, listener of the podcast, he won the 10 grander. There was no doubt that he drove really good all day. And then the fact of him having the bye in the semis, and then he goes deep in the bye run. So... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he very much went Brandon Taylor on him there. It was swapped yes. up, go deep, in, go deep in the semis, move on. And I actually, I talked to Josh earlier in the day, like, it, I, I don't know that he would want to make this known and to, to draw attention to himself, but since he told me, I'll, I'll share it. This was a pretty gritty performance. Like, he's coming off a of back surgery, like, within the last month. Yes and came into that race under of the assumption that it was a, a no-box race and kind of got there and realized he had the foot brake and just the pain that he was in to hold the brake pedal and hold the, the car on the starting line with his back and the condition that it is, not the easiest thing that he's ever done. So just to grit through all of that and then to come out on top, especially with a field as loaded as that field was in Memphis this weekend, you know, Big Jed, really, really impressive performance from Josh. Yeah, it was. Uh, as you said, gutty, impressive. It was all those things. And great to see Josh take that beautiful Chevy twice of his and stick it in the 10K winner's circle. He's a good guy. And as JJ said, listener of the podcast, he, Josh told me, called me two weeks ago, probably talk to him once a year on the phone. We'll text every so often. I see him at a race, but he called me. I was in the basement working. I thought, what in the world's Josh Green calling for? Of course, I answered the phone and he said, I just want you to know, I just listened to my first podcast. I don't even know what a podcast is, but I listened to it, and it's unbelievable. He says it's the best thing I've ever listened to. And he said, I can't wait to hear the rest of them. I'm going to start catching up on them as soon as I can. So, Well, uh, if he thinks this is the best thing that he ever listened to, let's hope that he doesn't find any other podcasts anywhere. But we do appreciate <laughs> him listening. <laughs> yeah, and great job, great performance, uh, Josh and, and Anne-Marie and Chase uh, celebrating in the winner's circle. So it was good to see that, too. How about number two? JJ. Number two goes to Derek Ellum, winning stock at Firebird Raceway in a 76 <sighs> Pinto going 1670. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I told JJ that that guy should be considered. And when you think about everything and what he accomplished, JJ doesn't really know the whole story that he was going 1640s one day and 1670s the next, but. Derek Elam definitely deserved a spot on the bottom bulb list. So congratulations, Derek. That was, a, again, we'll rehash it. Another great performance by you in a W-stock automatic 76 Pinto, which, Luke, how many of those are there in the country? One. Not enough. Not nearly <laughs> enough. So great job, Derek. And uh, making the number two spot there was really cool. But somebody must have had an awesome performance on the bottom bulb to, to beat that. Who was number one, big guy? All right. Well, number one, SFG event. Most people probably know where this is headed. Kevin Pollard 
<laughs> runner up in the 50k on friday and then in the 125k turns it four red in the finals comes up a little bit short but runners up two days in a row in a 50k and a 125k and that's got to feel good except yes. for the runner and up part yes where it feels the best is in the wallet but it feels really good in the wallet i would assume i have no idea but that was an easy easy choice very deserving kevin pollard as we just talked about in the zebra performance who's hot Actually, JJ had considered putting him number one on the bottom bulb list and number five on the top bulb list, even though he don't let go of the button. But <laughs> doggone, he dominated the top bulbers too. So he a fair earned, argument. Yeah, he earned his spot no matter where he landed. So, again, great job, KP. And JJ, that was a heck of a list. I really like the diversity in your list. You can look that word up when you get some time. But I really liked it. It was awesome on both sides, top and the bottom. But We've added something to J.J.'s top 10, so it's kind of J.J.'s top 15 now, but tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about in this segment and future segments. All right. Well, some people have asked for it, and we're talking about we're going to go after some junior dragsters now, our top five junior dragsters. So now it's more of, yeah, like you said, my top 15. So, um yeah, talking about junior dragsters now, so we'll see what the juniors do for months to come, and uh, we'll see who can get on the list. Yeah, we've talked about it off air on the show, and Luke and Mark and myself and you, we all think we uh, we need to get those juniors included. They're the future of our sport. They race as hard as anyone, so they deserve their list as well. One thing we're struggling with, I guess this is as good a time, Luke, we didn't talk about this, this is as good a time as any to let our listeners know we're struggling with where to find good, solid results on the junior racers. We understand they don't have $100,000 to win races every week and all those things. So what we want is for our listeners to send us these results. You can message them. You can post them on our Facebook page. You can email JJ at littlejed1x at yahoo.com and he'll look at the results himself and put his list together. But we really need some better information to make sure we highlight the great junior racers that are out there and give them their opportunity to make the list. We got some people we're going to talk about coming up right here, but to get us a good solid top five going forward, we would ask the listeners to uh, get us that information, help us find out who is performing at a high level in the junior categories so jj i know we don't have like super solid information right here and you kind of got it broken down a little different way but start us out with um your top five in either of the categories that you were going to talk about all right i'll start off with the top five girls from the month of may but first i'd like to start off by saying team get them garage won the dream team challenge on the junior side, so uh, that was good for the team Denim Garage. So get them done, went and got them. Wanted to start off by saying <laughs> that, and, and they did get them. Yeah, that's a good mention there. All right. So when you say top five girls, now understand this is not over the last month. This is JJ and I doing a little research and finding out who just has performed well thus far in 2018. We don't have any particular results where they finished at any particular race. We just know they've been doing pretty well. So 
kind of threw lists together of the top five girls and top five boys. And then we know you listeners are going to help us get these lists a little more dialed in in uh, future segments. But go ahead, bud. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's all right. Number five is Jordan Bowser. Bowsered. Man. Oh, messed up a little bit right there. I think that was Please Broussard. I think that's Broussard. I mean, you, you didn't know that name, so it's okay. Okay. Broussard. Out of Louisiana. I don't really know what to say. Well, that's okay. You're not talking about any specific races. You're just saying these uh, young ladies are performing well so far in 2018. So you can just kind of go down your list and tell them where they're from. Okay. Number four is Marissa Brickford out of North Carolina. Number three is uh, Sadie Wick out of Georgia. Number two is Morgan Carroll out of South Carolina. And number one is Bailey Zepp out of Pennsylvania. Yeah, so again, our research uh, talked a little bit about them. I don't know all the names on that list. I know the, that Jordan Broussard is a King of the Coast racer, races down at Galen's uh, series in Gulfport and performs really well. I know Sadie Wick is from Georgia. She performs very well in that part of the country. Uh, again, not familiar with those other young ladies, but research says they have been doing quite well. So congratulations to you young ladies for your performance in making J.J.'s top five uh, on your side for this segment so what about boys bud i know there's some uh, pretty good performances for the the young man out there as well number five is going to be hayden miller he's running 1190s out there and that's hard to do especially against kids going 790s and 890s and all kinds of stuff it's especially hard to go against them and he's just been performing well throughout 2018 so far Cubby Frazier is at number four. He's out of Kentucky. Number three, that this is my main man right here on the junior side. Lucky Lucas Ford, he's running out of Alabama. So that's one of my main men. He's been performing well. He got the three tours on Sunday at the Dream Team race, or not in the Dream Team race, but at the Dream Team event. He got the three cars on Sunday in the juniors, and he's already gotten two wins so far this season. So. He's uh he's doing pretty hot so far going into the season, just starting off a little bit. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing really well. Um, has run uh, your good friend and and our good friend Casey Pesnell in the finals of a couple of good races around here lately. So a couple of our good friends making it on your list. How about number two? Number two goes to Gage Birch. He always drives well, no matter what he where he's at, what he's driving. And he just, he performs well all the time. Yeah, everybody knows about Gage. Everybody listening has, has heard us talk about Gage a lot in uh, big cars. Uh, but he is also still eligible for juniors. He jumps over in the junior from time to time and uh, always makes a lot of noise and is a threat to win at any time. But number one has had a really, really good month to six weeks not to mention just the last couple of years for sure, but tell us who made number one. Number one, another one of my good buddies racing out of Alabama, Carson Emmett, getting number one. He has not only performed well, like you said, so far in 2018, but he has killed it over the past two years. He has earned thousands of dollars driving his junior dragster over the past couple of years. He kills it each and every weekend. No matter what track he's at, no matter 
what kind of competition he's got, and they yeah. just race as well all the time. Yeah, Carson made his name in the junior dragster racing going 1260s uh, against very fast cars and older drivers. And this young man just dominated the sport, especially in our part of the country, and then has stepped into a little bit of a faster ride. Went to the Rockingham event in the last few weeks, just wore him out up there, was uh, getting win after win. Carson, a very talented young man, and we're going to hear a lot about as he continues to grow in our sport. Very deserving of the number one spot there. So good to see Carson making the list. You know, we know some guys around here like Cam Willis and Braden Taylor and a lot of those guys always performing very well in the races that we get to go to. But we need to hear, again, more from you listeners about the races we don't get to go to and the ones that we don't get to see on Facebook or wherever else we're looking. So, again, message us on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. You can post it on the page for everybody to see if you like. There is a, a link for you to send stories, results, whatever there on the page that you can go to. And, again, littlejed1x at yahoo.com is JJ's email, and he'd love to hear from you personally if you'd like to just send those results to him. Man. JJ, this was a blowout segment right here. I mean, you really took it to the next level. Uh, very proud of you, but excellent job. And uh, three or four, ever how many it was, great list of great racers for uh, this month's segment. How'd that feel for you? Feel good? That felt big. That was a lot of big races this month, a lot of big money this month. And uh, just like last month, April, a lot of big money and stuff, um, a lot of good drivers on the list. but. No repeat drivers this month. And, um, well, you know, last month we talked about if Scotty Richardson could <laughs> stay on the list for the entire season. Well, not quite, but he'll probably be on there soon. Yeah, in his defense, I'm I'm not completely certain Scotty's stage since the last time that you had the list. So <laughs> it's hard to go hard to go wrong or right in the, in that realm. JJ, I'm I'm with Jed here. Excellent list, great segment. Look forward to having you on next month. And just as uh, I'm just looking ahead a little bit in the next JJ's top ten, we'll be talking between now and then. We've got the American Dream Summer Shootout up in Ohio, Ultimate 64 Shootout, another big Ohio race couple big races at Huntsville. On the bottom, you've got the No Box Nationals coming up in June. So plenty of stuff to keep an eye on. And I love, love, love the fact that you've included junior dragsters into this. I like that we're reaching out to listeners. Guys, if you can help us out along this, we want to give at least the elite junior dragsters racers each month, give them their due and, and shed a little bit of light on that and add it to the podcast. So if you guys will help out, bring into our attention what needs to be brought to our attention. But I think that's awesome to include them. JJ, nice work. Thank you. All right, JJ. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure, as always, my man. And um, look forward to the next one. Me too. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And you can do that on 
Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Coming off an extremely successful Memorial Day weekend in Memphis, Tennessee, the team of Galen Rollison and Britt Cummings will bring the 10th annual Moser Great American Bracket Race back to Memphis International Raceway in September. Now, the crowning event will be a $50,000 to win main event for the Super Pro Racers, along with the great main event payouts, the All-State Challenge will return for the second time. Does your state have the best racers in the country? There's only one way to find out. Get a team together and come to Memphis for the Great American Bracket Race and All-State Challenge. Follow the Great American Bracket Races on Facebook or get a hold of Galen or Britt for more information. Oh, Jed, I'm glad you stuck to the script there. What Jed wanted to say was, does your state have the best racers in the country? (laughs) No, Alabama does. In addition, this week's podcast is presented in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. How can This Is Bracket Racing Elite help you become a better racer? Well, for one, we have experienced instructors, myself included, for you to model. I've made just about every mistake possible in my 20 years of racing. You can learn from them rather than having to do it the hard way. Trial and error. Modeling can significantly accelerate the learning process. Number two, we'll provide the appropriate trainings, drills, and exercises to enhance your game. You've got to do the work, but we provide the tools. And number three, I think most important of all, the group provides accountability. We don't just suggest what to do. The group members will motivate and challenge you to follow through. Elite is essentially its own check and balance. So if you want to reach and expand your potential on the racetrack, This Is Bracket Racing Elite can help. Check it out at thisisbracketracing.com. Big Jed, you gotta have a you gotta have a proud dad moment like every month. These just keep getting better and better. This JJ's top ten. Yeah, man, that did really feel good. Again, uh, I don't prep him for what to say or talk about the racer did this and where they did it. You know, we just kind of give him the information, let him put his list together. So for a little guy, he is uh, in tune with what's happening and makes his daddy proud for sure. So thank you for that. You don't prep. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> Now, you know, it, Luke, <laughs> <laughs> this job didn't pay so well. I would have paid it a long time ago. <laughs> Did, was it just me, or maybe the listeners can attest better to this? There was a couple of times when you interrupted a little bit, JJ, and each time he said, "That's all right," but I just got the impression like that really wasn't all right. Like, I, I don't. Are you going to get like a talking to afterwards, or is that yeah. just some okay? He's a no brag, just fact. He's a very respectful little guy, and he just, you know, he just goes with the flow. I interrupt him and uh, step all over him, talk all over him, don't even bother him. In fact, <laughs> he's, he's just sitting right here looking at me right now like, yeah, no big deal. I'm, I'm playing uh, door slammers and crushing everybody. So, <laughs> yeah, he's just 12, man. He's loving life. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I think we got to start off talking about Dream Team Memphis. We talked it up. We talked a little smack. I've got to eat a little crow. 
I guess that we'll get to that. As the ladder actually fell in the Dream Team Top Bulb Challenge, Team Bad Guys and Team Elite were slated to match up in second round. There may or may not have been a little bit of trash talk taking place prior to first round. (laughs) Your boys held up your end of the bargain. You You were there ready for that second round matchup. My team, and more specifically myself, did not. We got bounced in the first round, didn't even get the opportunity to take you guys on. As it fell, it was 2-2 coming to me. I had mentioned in a previous episode that I was going to anchor Team Elite. And I thought, ooh, that's what I wanted. I wanted it all to come down to me. And uh, I turned it to Thou Red, and Team Elite went down in round one. So, rough weekend for us. Team Bad Guys went a few rounds. You guys got to the quarterfinals, correct? Uh, we got the third round. We we lost. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a quarter. Sounds was seven. better if you say you got. To the <laughs> yeah, there was seven left, so we did get to the quarters. <laughs> and although it didn't come down to me totally, I did have the opportunity to extend to our fifth racer in the third round. Had I turned on a wind light, we were down two to one. I could have made it two to two. I uh, got uh, eighteen thousand to stripe on a four fifty dragster when I needed to take. 13 or less so i needed to kill five more thou and didn't get it done and luke i don't know how you felt i'm pretty sure i know how you felt i was sick because losing for me when all it's on the line is what i put on the line is not always easy to take but it kind of is man when i lost for my team oh my goodness i was yeah. sick. no well said the team atmosphere creates such a different dynamic and i agree like i don't think i've taken a loss well i know i can i can tell you i haven't taken a loss that badly in a long time like i was very disappointed in myself felt like i let the team down and maybe part of that was because this wasn't just smack talk on a podcast like i was genuinely confident in the group that we had assembled i I really felt like we had a chance to not only win that round, but win the entire event. So disappointing. And I mean, obviously you hold yourself accountable. So it is, it's, it's different with the team atmosphere. It's a, it's a, it's a tough loss to swallow. So I'm not happy to hear that you were in the same boat, but I definitely understand that feeling of kind of letting everybody down when the deciding factor, one of the deciding factors was your own performance. Yeah. And I say that to basically say Britt and Galen created something truly special. It it was, it was a different atmosphere. It felt different. Give me the bubble guts, the excitement (laughs) that did you go up with when you're at a big event and something, you know, something special is happening. So great job by those guys. Very well run. Thoroughly enjoyed it. What was there? 25, 26 teams represented of a possible 32. Yeah. in the top Um, of deal. Yeah. So if you did not participate in this event, your team backed out, what have you, you better get on the list early next year is all I got to tell you, because it's going to fill up. This was extra special and I can't wait to go back and do it again. Yeah. The atmosphere absolutely lived up to the hype. Really cool deal. JJ touched on it, so we won't go too deep, but shout out to the No Box Dream Team winners. Uh, that's Lucas Walker, Josh Epperson, Charlie Lockhart, Lauren Lockhart, and Rick Bear, who, uh, again, that team is 80% from? Kentucky. Yes. from Best Kentucky. in the world. And the Box Dream Team, Team Random, I didn't realize that was the name. That's an awesome name. Brody Quick, Danny Weaver, Chase Rampey. Tracy Guffey and Daniel Wiles and Daniel Wiles, I think deserves a shout out and honorable mention. He was one that 
any other week would have been a significant candidate for the secret performance who's hot any week that Kevin Pollard didn't run the table and just dominate the bracket racing landscape. Daniel yeah. Wiles, not only a member of the winning dream team, that is a week removed from winning a $15,000 event at Huntsville. So Daniel Wiles, red hot. Yep, he's on fire. And that team was Brody Quick, Danny Weaver, Chase Rampy, Tracy Guffey, and Daniel Wiles. 60% of that team's from Alabama. I knew a team from Alabama was winning this thing, or a team dominated by Alabama racers was winning it. I just didn't understand it was going to be them and not us. But uh, congratulations to those guys. And, I mean, heck, really, do we have to keep going and proving it? We really don't, but we do it anyway. Alafrague and Bama gets it done. Tracy Guffey and Daniel Wiles, both, I believe, from Tennessee. So shout out to those guys as well. Sorry, Luke. Are you, you done? You, you thought I was going to get it in in the mid-roll, but you knew it was coming. Okay. All right. Now, with that out of the way, Friday's winner, uh, $10,000 winner on the top, Adam Russell. Footbreak winner was Bobo Marshall. Sunday was the not the main event. The Dream Team was the main event. But Sunday was the richest day of the event, and uh, it was friend of the podcast, Brandon Taylor, also from Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, yeah got the $20,000 win. He went Brandon Taylor on him. I think it was about the time. <laughs> you got pretty deep in the race, Jed. I think it was about the time you were pulling out. Brandon pulled around for the round of five. This was not a buy run. This is just a round of five, $20,000 to win. Against uh, Todd Piper. Against uh, Todd Piper. This is not a no buster. <laughs> yeah, against former NHRA Super Pro World Champion Todd Piper. Brandon said, I don't think I want to dial 463 this round. I'll go 501. Sticks it in high gear. He's like 11 dead on one. Yes. Todd, Todd was a thou red, but that got Brandon the bye to the final where he then knocked off Kurt Harvey in the final round, went home $20,000 richer, and just continued what has been a stellar 2018 to this point. JJ mentioned footbreak. The big show was Josh Green over Luke Siebert. Luke had a huge weekend. And then Monday, the event closed out with none other than JBR, Johnny Bracket Racer. He could not be kept quiet all weekend. He took home the $10,000 win on day number last with the victory over Nathan Martin. Yeah, and Wesley Lockhart got the uh, foot break win there. And um, real quickly, uh, some juniors that performed well, as uh, JJ talked about, Hayden Miller, Cole Grayson also got a win there, and uh, Nicole Yo. So uh, great performances by the juniors and all around. Just, again, super fun event. Congratulations to all those winners. And uh, congratulations, Britt and Galen, for pulling this thing off what felt like as a racer pretty seamlessly it went extremely well i think it went every bit as well as they could have hoped no doubt and for those of you anxiously awaiting pins and needles the outcome of the brick cummings johnny bracket racer grudge match still to be determined they they got together one time (laughs) that was what friday night Brit even the score on a pretty even on the tree, massive drop to dead on. Johnny's under, made it 1-1, and then they were never able to get together the rest of the weekend. Obviously, Brit very busy with the massive car count, just trying to get everything done. When they maybe have had an opportunity to square off late in the day Monday, Johnny's still in the race, busy winning him 10 grand on his own. So the conclusion of the best of five, now best of three, Johnny Bracket Racer, Britt Cummings matchup, still to be determined. Yep, that's uh, going to happen in the future somewhere, somehow. Uh, look, before we get to the West Coast Classic, I, I do want to say congrats. I don't even know who won, but it was the most ridiculous 
golf cart race I have ever seen, <laughs> and I hope that I ever do see this. Now, folks, this wasn't. There were no scooters allowed, no four wheelers, no razors. This was golf carts only, and they had to stop selling tech cards at two hundred and fifty-two. <laughs> Thing started around eleven thirty or so p.m. Of course, and I think they wrapped it up about four thirty a.m. JJ had two entries. He's 12 years old. At 1.30, he was running his second entry of round number one. And he had won his first entry. And I said, bud, when your win light comes on, not if, but when. And he did beat Corey Galitti in his second entry. When I said, when your win light comes on, keep it on the floor until you get to the motorhome, which was parked <laughs> at the return road, at the exit <laughs> off of the racetrack. How convenient. Right where I was parked, and I said, don't let up till we get there. And uh, we bowed out undefeated uh, with him doing the driving, so I was proud of him for that, and I was proud of him for accepting the fact that we were not going to continue. We were going to bed. So, again, unbelievable scene. So now, uh, was you going to say something? I'm sorry. No, I, well, I was I was just going to – I know that uh, J.J. has been on fire in the golf cart races. Is that like continue an undefeated season? He ain't lost much. No, he's won his last two, won his last two events, which was late last year here at home. And he is now 2-0 and in round competition <laughs> this year with no losses, but yet has not won a race. So sounds weird, but we'll take it. It is what it is. So the West Coast uh, Classic was held in yeah, Fontana. Let's, let's go out West. This is another one we did said earlier. There were so many nominees for this week's Who's Hot. A lot of them came from this. None more than Ryan McClanahan. Like, we just looked through the results, and I'm like, was Ryan McClanahan in every final they had? He won Saturday's $10,000 main event over Marco Paravillaris, former guest of the podcast, friend of the show. Uh, another guy having a red-hot season. But Ryan knocked him off in the final Saturday for ten grand. Came back around a day later, won Sunday's ten grander with a final round win over Jack Sadler. And oh, in between, we mentioned Daniel McClellan getting the twenty thousand dollar gambler trace win. That was over Ryan McClanahan. <laughs> so stellar weekend from McClanahan on the top out west. Also wanted to shout out Trey Vetter, who we've talked about before on the show, having a heck of a season. Just a week ago, I believe it was at the Fontana Points meet, Trey was the runner up in Supercomp. He kept that momentum rolling in Friday's event where he won the $5,000 Super Pro Prize over Greg Dreyer. So Trey was another one that would normally be a serious candidate for the Secret Performance who's hot. Didn't want him to get lost in the mix this week. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, big winners on the bottom bulb were Trevor Hayes over Stan Deming on uh, Friday. Uh, Stan, one of my buddies out that way. Baron Barler with the uh, Pro 64 10K shootout win over Rick Reynolds and... As always, these two guys show up in the bottom bulb final on the West Coast. Tibor Kadar gets the win over Kyle Rizzoli in Saturday's 5K. All right, quickly, Midwest Bracket Nationals up at Martin, Michigan. Between our intro with Kevin Pollard and JJ's Top 10, we've discussed most of this, but just briefly on the highlights, we can kick off with a five-grander Wednesday. Saw Steve Law knock out Wes May in an all-Indiana final. Brian Newport continued another hot month. Uh, one Thursday's 20-grander. He also got a win back at Cinco de Reso at uh, Dean, Disco Dean's <laughs> event down at, uh, at Kilcare. <laughs> with Friday's 50, we talked about 
about Jeff Sarah knocking off uh, Kevin Pollard in the final. Pollard runner-up again in Saturday's 125 grander to David Lanning. And then once again Sunday, Jeff Sarah returns to the final only to lose to Kenny Underwood. Uh, those of you listening to the podcast, I'm sure no stranger to Kenny Underwood and his accomplishments. But a lot of uh, uh, multi-time finalists, and that's rare at an event of that magnitude purse-wise. And plus, there's like 400-plus entries. So for guys like Jeff Sarah and Kevin Pollard to make multiple final rounds, all the more impressive. Yes, it was. And, um, you know, again, not just guys making multiple final rounds, but they're just performing very high level uh, all season long and, and even late last year. So, uh, as you said, some awesome performances from those guys. About the, the poor old folks at the IHRA Sportsman Spectacular, Mother Nature is just knocking these guys around, but they keep battling back. Uh, had to postpone the Darlington event. And that's going to be held October the 12th through the 14th, which should be beautiful there in Darlington. So hopefully the IHRA Sportsman Spectacular can uh, go off without a hitch there in October. And the, the events they have between now and then, hopefully they go good for them as well. They, they certainly deserve a break or two. Yeah, we'll be sure to keep you abreast of the pre-entry process on that as it comes back up in a few months. Some NHRA action from the weekend as well. NHRA Division One Lucas Oil Series event at Maple Grove in Reading, PA. I got excited for a minute. I saw that Tom Stalba hold, hoisting a Wally. I'm like, yeah, Team Luke, yeah. <laughs> right? Good job. Good job, Tom. Wrong car. Um, need that in super yeah. gas, buddy. Need that in super gas. Tom got the win in super comp, which uh, is great for him. Does nothing for me. But uh, mm-hmm. congratulations, Tom Stalba. NHRA Sports Nationals, JEG Sports Nationals at Beach Bend Raceway Park, always one of the premier um, stops on the NHRA Tour for us sportsman racers. I did get a little score there. Team Luke, yeah. top sportsman winner, Mark McDonald, top sportsman. Top sportsman is my class in this thing, Big Jed. Like, I dominated well. top sportsman last year, and, uh, and it was looking good for me this weekend. I had two of the last four semi-finalists uh lester johnson we lost in the semis i think i see the problem there he was only dialed 620s what in the world <laughs> lester that's not why you're on my team get that thing wheeled down to six flat let's do this lester was a semi-finalist mark mcdonald for the win a couple other results stood out for me at bowling green not that they affected our team scores at all but jonathan anderson scored runner up in super comp two reasons that stood out to me big jed a he won super comp at that event last season and B, mm-hmm. he won Super Comp just a couple weeks ago. I believe it was at Charlotte National Event. You're so right. red hot Jonathan Anderson, a guy that we always associate with kind of running over Super Street in Division Two, all of a sudden kind of putting his hat in the ring as potentially a national championship contender in the 890 ranks. Yeah, great job by Jonathan. Like always, I got to talk to him today actually about another subject, just a all-around good guy and um, – Happy to see him getting a win, and uh, about Axford getting him a top dragster win there. So, yeah, he called uh, it medium dragster. Um, <laughs> didn't have a full field in uh, in Bowling Green top dragster, so Axford wheeled in there, dialed seven twenties, which is not your typical Division three top dragster, uh, but without a full field, you dial whatever you want as long as it's faster than seven seventies. And uh, he showed that uh, bracket racers can get that done. Uh, put together some some impressive runs throughout the, what is it, five rounds to win top dragster. Ended up hoisting the Wally at the end of the day. So kudos to Chad for going the unconventional route and uh, winning top dragster, which with what in that class is termed as a slow car. In my mind, 720s is not slow, but it is for Division Three top dragster. Honey, where are we racing next week? 
It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! All right, Luke. Got a lot on tap for this week on the podcast here. A lot of racing coming up and some really cool events at that. But uh, start out with the PDRA Summer Drags at US 131. So Martin, Michigan, going to host another uh, huge event this weekend, the PDRA folks. They, they put on quite the show. I haven't got to attend one. My buddy Will Smith is a huge part of the PDRA, and he's, he keeps asking me to, to come to a race. It just hadn't worked out, but hopefully I'll get to one of those because it looks like they do some really good stuff. And then the next one on the list, I know you're one that's very familiar with it. Yeah, no NHRA divisional events on tap this weekend. That's because every division is sending a team to Joliet for the JEGS Route 66 NHRA Nationals and the JEGS All-Stars competition. One of my favorite events of the season. Obviously, I will not be partaking in the All-Stars event this year, but I will be in attendance. I'm looking forward to that event. Like I just love that racetrack and that event. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun watching the All-Stars. We talk about it on here every year, but I am looking forward to the weekend. I am entered in Super Comp, and I'm going to make I'm going to try to channel my inner Chad Axford, Big Jed, and uh, I'm going to make my top dragster debut, national event debut, in a car that's almost a half second slower than what Chad won in. So I'm taking the I'm, I'm taking the medium out of top dragster. I'm going to bottom dragster. <laughs> awesome. Well, wish you well. I know our buddy KB's already there waiting, and I uh, hope you guys perform extremely well. Good luck to all of the, the division all-stars that are going to be there battling it out that's always a very special event K- kb and, uh, is not there waiting as we record this podcast kb is in my driveway he actually might be fishing in the back with gary right now oh really okay <laughs> so he told me he was heading straight on up i guess he changed his mind but or you did but real quick want to mention I, I saw it on facebook today uh, again as we we talked about last week but our buddy steve collier want to wish him well this is an event he's supposed to be at uh, still recovering. Uh, I know uh, Coy posted on uh, Facebook today, uh, you know, missing Steve up there, a guy that, that just really does a lot for the family and the team. So, Steve, keep getting well, my friend, and um, hope to see you back out on the trail just as soon as possible. King of the Coast event number three, Luke, is coming up at Gulfport Dragway this weekend. So, Galen, straight out of the um, the frying pan into the fire where he will host another event, the BTE King of the Coast Series number three race happening there. The Notebox Bonanza at Summit Motorsports Park in Norwalk. Always a huge no-box race. Just a, a, a great purse for a very low entry for the no-boxers up there at Norwalk at a world-class facility and a pound of ice cream for a buck. Doesn't get any better than that. I wish I could be there. And that's uh, three tens now, as Mark is letting us know in the notes and uh, it's like 150 bucks, I think it used to be, uh, maybe three fives for 99 or something like that. But it used to be $99 to enter. Uh, now it is three tens for 150. So I appreciate those notes, Mark. And um, if you don't go for any other reason, go for the ice cream because uh, it sounds delicious. It's good stuff. Drive for 75. Huntsville Dragway coming up this weekend. Uh, American Dream Summer Shootout up at Dragway 42. 10 grander to 5 grander at Capitol Raceway in Maryland. Lots of big bracket action all over the country coming up this weekend. One event that will not be going on, Big Jed, that was originally scheduled for this weekend, Super 7 Series down at Montgomery. I saw that they had issued a press release within the last week saying Super 7 Series is a thing of the past. Yeah, I hate to see that. Uh, it was uh, you know a really good guaranteed purse race for people that like to super pro race 
paid well. Uh, the entry fee was reasonable. Just, I don't know, you know, you just never really know why one doesn't work as well as it should. Uh, in their press release, Luke, they said that, you know, there's a lot of low entry fee, lower winning amount races. There's obviously the types of races that we talk about here every week with the monster purses and bigger entries. And they said they fit kind of in the middle and there just didn't seem to spot be a spot for them right now. So uh, I, I hate to see it. That. I, I think that those mid range, mid range events are the ones that will suffer through this. Yeah. Uh, obviously uh, these guys are, are proving that. And um, you know, there's a lot of talk on uh, the internet that the, the people that are associated with this event, whether they support it or whatever. And there's some people pretty aggravated at them. But overall, if the thing's losing money and they've tried hard to make it work and they just can't, I'm not sure any of us would have done it any differently. It's not what we want to see, but it's probably what I would have done. And anybody else that's fussing about it, probably what they would have done as well. So it just didn't work out. They have promised to come back with something uh, bigger and better in the future and um those guys love to race down there so i'm sure they'll do that but uh, all right big uh, jed we've gas bag we got to be going on an hour and a half well, let's wrap this thing up okay you the boss that does wrap up <laughs> this episode of the sportsman drag racing podcast i want to say thanks to our great sponsors uh, Sabre performance uh, this is bracket racing elite and uh hopefully i didn't leave anybody else out there uh obviously Britt and galen for uh, what they do for us here on the podcast, the Great American Bracket Race. Sorry, uh, that kind of slipped by me. But definitely thank those guys for bringing the show to you every week. We ask that you look to them and support their business as well. And what has quickly become my second favorite part of the podcast behind JJ's top, whatever number he throws out there each segment, is our shout-out section, Luke. All right, shout out Bill Groton again. I, I know we did this before, but why not? Bill Groton could be the next Cole Castile. Like, we should probably get Bill Groton on here every week. Um, <laughs> shout out to Cole Castile. Shout out to Crosby, North Dakota. Shout out not only to Bill Groton, but to everyone that rode to the winner's circle with him. Um, <laughs> That's a bunch. Right. All of y'all. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to Kevin Pollard and his publicist, George Hoff. Shout out to Derek Elam. Shout out to every W-Stock Automatic Pinto in the country. I know you're out there. Thank you for listening. Shout out to you. Shout out to littlejed1x at yahoo.com. We're going to launch an internet sensation with that. Shout out to Bobo Marshall and shout out to Walk Up Music. That is something that we need more of in drag racing today. Uh, I knew all that was coming. It's still, just when you say it, it just gets so much better. Walk Up Music. That's a, that's a story we didn't tell, but... Um, you got some walk-up music for your race team uh, by all means let us know about it because that was pretty awesome i hate i missed it but i'm gonna uh, hire guys, somebody just to have my own walk-up music there's something to it <laughs> it's gotta be drive up music i should that drive up music that's more that's more apt <laughs> guys be sure to tell us what you think you can message us obviously right there on the sportsman drag racing podcast facebook page or you can at us on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I, and I am at JP11X. We would love to hear from you, whether you think the show is good or whether you think it's bad. I want to personally thank everybody that came up to me. Luke, I know it had to happen to you as well. Tons of people came up to me over the weekend in Memphis. Not only appreciate the show and like it, they actually, uh, they must not really know my role here, but they thank me 
for what we are doing for the sport. Now, I don't know if we're helping the sport or not. I know that was the intention, but I want to thank everybody that come up and shook my hand, not only this past weekend, but over the last uh, many months. So thank you for that. Uh, Luke and I are having a blast along with Mark, enjoying what, uh, what we're attempting to do for the sport. So thank you for that. And other than that, that wraps us up, guys. So. Look yeah, rest, rest assured, we would not be doing this every week if we didn't enjoy it. it does I mean it? It pays well, yes. but right. <laughs> <Yes>. that's it. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Have a great one. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom ball before a ten. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Pennington. I was in my truck. Today's podcast is presented in part by the Great American Bracket Race and All-State Challenge. Coming off of a big Memorial Day event, Galen and Britt will be promoting the 10th annual Moser Great American Bracket Race and All-State Challenge this September. Ah, I just said September. I messed one up. I was looking at Stay Tuned and I said September. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th. <laughs>